0: Again, Warmer again, and you're listening to Unshaken, a podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church, and we are right here in the middle of season one. This is episode 10. Today, we're actually going to finish a conversation that we started last time with Erica Simpson. It's focused on how we can thrive every day instead of just survive our busy and challenging lives. Erica knows this concept quite well, as God has blessed she and her husband, Kevin, with 11 kids and a busy busy household she also has a little family business um, which we're probably going to talk about today but I want to stop and say if you haven't listened to episode nine you might want to stop right now go back and listen to episode nine first because you're kind of joining in halfway through Uh, Erica it's so great to have you back so we can talk more about thriving over surviving thanks
1: Julie for having me it's been fun
0: All right, let's go ahead and get started right away. I wanted to start with the scripture that we talked about last time. I'm going to read it again before we jump into some of our questions. It's Psalm chapter 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. You know, this passage says right in the middle of it that he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season. It says that the leaf doesn't wither and that's kind of the plant I want to be. I think probably Erica that's the plant you want to be. Mm-hmm. Then it tells us in all that he does the plant he prospers. He flourishes. He thrives. Erica, let's start off a little bit thinking about where are you planted in your life? Do you plant yourself? You know, and how does being planted by the streams of water help you?
1: Well, I guess if we, you think about planting a garden, um, there's things you need to do to care for it. You need to like water it every day or close to it. More is better. Usually, um, you need to pull the weeds and fertilize and tend to the garden. And I think of our relationship with Christ is the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, so you have to tend to your relationship with Christ. And I think we talked about that last time. Um, and this is contrasting to a lot of what we hear in the world. Yes, that, it is. Yeah. So, you know, the catchphrase um, among women is "is you got to have your me time, which might include things like pedicures and shopping and coffee with your friends and um you know, your workout, your your clean eating, whatever it is. I'm not doing a workout. But <laughs> me neither. <laughs> other people can like it, but I get what you're
0: saying. Yes, Keep going, understand. I'm sorry. So the
1: me time is so important because um, the mantra that often comes after that is that you can't pour from an empty cup. So you need to fill yourself up with all the things that make you feel good so that mm-hmm. you can go and serve your family or do all the things you have to do because you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think the last part of that is absolutely correct, that you cannot pour from an empty cup. Um, as women and mothers and caregivers, we know that we get poured out. We get spent throughout the day. Yeah. Um, you wake up with all this energy, and by 8 o'clock, you're, like, ready to fall into bed. And, and you mean 8 a.m. Oh, <laughs> Yes, some days, but no more questions, no more. Yes, let's get to bed. You know, Um, it's hard. So yes, you can't pour from an empty cup and that desire to be filled is right. But I think where me time falls short is that it's drawing water from the wrong pool. Um, That we are not the source of our own joy in life, Um, but instead Jesus is the source of Mm. our joy in life. So drawing water from the river of life it was Christ, which we find in his word, really does give us the strength to serve others and to be poured out each day. It doesn't mean perfectly, but it means that it's a fresh filling from God. Um, and I don't know about you, Julie, but I, I know I cannot muster that up in myself. No. Um, I am not the source of life. I am depleted by 8 a.m. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I, getting my nails done and a new color in my hair doesn't doesn't fill me up to be able to serve my family. Right. But meeting with Christ and drawing from the depths of his word really does fill me up right. to be able to serve with love. And that's supernatural. That's something he gives as to us, as we seek Him, my cup is not empty when He fills it. Hmm. In fact, it overflows hmm. like it's right. more than I can handle. Um, if I'm relying on Him, I can find that, or the blessings that come yeah. through that, I can see, I can see His hand in it more than if I yeah. if I'm not filled from. Has come. Yeah,
0: that is such a great encouragement to us. Okay, so you know, Erica, I know and you know that it's really easy to thrive when things are going good. Okay, like my kids are doing well in school, everybody's on the honor roll, or maybe my husband and I are just getting along great and we head out every Friday for dates. I mean this is awesome. My job is wonderful and fulfilling, my health is great. Um, maybe even I just drove through the Chick-fil-A drive through you know, for an eight count nugget and a large sweet tea. Okay. Life could not get better. Yeah. Yeah. What happens when life takes a turn? Can we thrive when all of a sudden everything does not look so happy and it's really hard? And how do you, how do you pull out of survival mode? Is it okay to just survive? Hmm.
1: Well, you know, none of us have a completely charmed life in this fallen world. Um, we all have trials, and we are not promised um, placid, sunny days every day. Right. Storms will come. So, I'll be honest, some of the greatest storms in my life have brought me low for many seasons, um, and those were grueling and pain filled times. So, was I thriving then? I would say no. I was not. I was surviving. Um, but there's a quote from a song I like, and it says, I didn't know I'd find you here in the middle of my deepest fears. Just a simple line. But um, that meant a lot to me in a particular time. Because when your deepest fears come to realization, if that is the case or if that is a trial you have to walk through, um, we need to remember and we can be assured that Christ is right there with us and he can be found in, in the times where we are just surviving. Um, it might not even be your worst fear. It might be just something different. But whether it is the worst fear right, or a, a slight trial that you're walking through, I think we need to remember that God is right there with us mm-hmm. um, if we are his child. You know just remembering and knowing that he has not forsaken us Um, the amazing thing is that he's with us in the deepest darkest places in our life in the boat and actually with us in the storm and even at the helm Mm -hmm. um, because he he is sovereign and Mm -hmm. he's ordaining these things Um, I don't know how he does it but he works it all for our good even Mm -hmm. the hurtful painful things Um, and so when we trust him even when it looks so bleak, um, we we can stand and mm-hmm. we can stand firm because of him and we're not consumed. Amen. Right. So, okay. I mean, back to the question, can you thrive or do you ever just survive? Um, I think if you've been greatly wounded or if you're in a particular grief, that it's helpful to look at that suffering as a trauma, um, a mm-hmm. trauma wound. So, like initial trauma, if you were in an accident or there was some injury, um, it's real. You, yeah. you don't just jump right up if you have a head wound and say, okay, yeah, I got to get back to McDonald's. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you're, you are, um, greatly wounded or you're in grief. So I think it's important to recognize that that really does happen yes. in lives. So the initial trauma is real and you may be changed and there may be a shock or an anger or many reactions initially to that blow. Um, so then if you thought of it as, you know, following that injury metaphor, you know, you're taken to the hospital where they triage you and you're assessed and where's the damage. And and you might be in the next stage of saying, okay, how far is this damage? What, what's actually happened here? Um, and you're trying to sustain life and, um, So if you were in a hospital with a wound, you would be triaged where they would assess your damages and stop the bleeding and take drastic life-saving measures. And immediate care for the suffering can be like that as well, where you're just trying to maintain life and hope. Um, But after those repairs come and the wound is bandaged and you start to heal, Hmm. um, and so there's a lot of pain that can come through this time as well, and it can be a slow process. Um, which goes back to that walking, keep walking, you know, keep making the process of healing. Um, whatever whatever your trial may be, right. I, I'm not speaking anything specifically, but I think there are great griefs in life. And the longer you live, the more you, right. you may encounter those things if you haven't yet. Um, but I think it's important to deal with um, wayward emotions or things that might cause an infection, I'm doing air quotes on that, in our, in our heart, you know, where we, where might we be going astray, where might we be finding bitterness, taking root, um, and really working to uproot those so that the wound can heal cleanly. Hmm. Um, and that often involves things like love and forgiveness, Mm -hmm. which are supernatural. Um, and we rely on Christ for those because in our flesh that's really not an, a normal reaction right when we've been wounded. Um, so I think there there's pain that we walk through and um, I would just say one other thing like once you are healing you know wounds tend to seal over they have their own natural band-aid. Um, <laughs> don't pick at those. don't mm. don't reopen wounds um, and to go back and yeah, they Start don't. Liver, then they yeah. don't heal. Yes. So let it heal, and I think that's a state of mind to say, um, I'm not going to stay broken. Yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to be whole in Christ, mm-hmm. however that looks. Um, so that would just be my encouragement. And often mended bones are stronger bones. So if something hmm. has been broken in your life, um, God can. Bring beauty from ashes, and we always need to remember them. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that you acknowledge the fact that there's real grief in life, mm-hmm. and there's real times that we will feel, um, you know, burdened and disappointed and sad. But what you did is just talked us through how to move on from that. Mm-hmm. And the time, there's no timeline, you know, there's mm-hmm. no perfect timeline for how to do that. It's going to be each person. I also think it's really helpful to have other women that walk along that with you mm-hmm. because when I'm in that moment, when I'm in the grief of whatever it is, disappointment, my life isn't like I wanted, when there's people speaking to me outside of that, telling me truths and reminding me of what God has done for me and where we're headed and truths out of scripture, it helps me to not want to pick my scabs. It Mm. helps me to want to heal because I see the goodness that God has given Mm. and that there is a good hope. And um, that's just been so helpful to me personally. Mm. I know, Erica, you probably have had women that have come alongside of you during dark days.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I think you have to be willing to be vulnerable with some people.
0: Okay, so what about you, Erica? What are some practical things that you have done to keep thriving in the midst of whatever
1: your circumstances? Well, I think Kind of as I've been talking about, I really try to pull up um, any roots of bitterness and um, really deal with forgiveness where it's needed, but Mm -hmm. also dealing with my own sin, like examining my heart and really just trying to tend the garden that is my relationship with Christ, that is my heart. and I try to feed myself things that give real life, like God's Word and life-giving stuff. Um, when I start to feel sorry for myself, I try to look out and serve others and get my eyes off myself. Um, one, one way that this has practically worked for me is to, rather than complain, um, mm. to give thanks and mm. like to, on purpose, look for how God has just been so kind and so mm. good, and He has been, and it's just re- really whether I wanna see it or not. Mm-hmm.
0: I, um, I, I appreciate your comments about choosing thankfulness. I think that's really important and something we can do that helps us thrive. Uh, a few years ago, I was really convicted when my niece, who was probably 16 at the time, decided in January 1st that she was going to make a journal mm-hmm. that was going to list something she was thankful to God for every single day. Mm. So she did it, and I didn't know she was doing that. But at the end of the year, and I was really impressed that this girl who's 16 made a choice and followed through. Mm -hmm. That's the part that was crazy to me because I always think I'm going to do this kind of stuff, but (laughs) I don't always follow through. But choosing to be thankful, it really turns your brain around. Mm -hmm. You're thankful for things you never would have been thankful for before. Mm -hmm. And that is a great way to thrive. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Erica, I have something really exciting that's sitting on my desk here as we are in the studio um, recording. It is a journal that I've used for many things. I take sermon notes in it. I write down passages that are really, or just even a verse, that are really impactful to me. I write down prayer requests, um, my own personal requests for my kids, my family, my husband. Or like in Bible studies in small groups, I have, um, I love this journal and I love what's in it. It's beautiful on the outside. And really what's inside is really more important to me actually than what's even on the outside. Um, But the really cool thing is you are the owner of the business Um, where your children work, and they are the crafters, I think, of my journal, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. It's called Simpson Leather. And, Erica, I know that you are a lover of writing. I think you and I have a love of pens also. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, so, you know, one of the things that's really beneficial to me is that when I pull that journal out, I can look back, and I can go back through my life and I can see, and I've, I've written in journals many years, and I can see things that God has done. And I can see prayer requests answered. And I can see some I'm still praying about. Um, I think it's really good to keep a journal. So give us some ways that keeping a journal can help us.
1: Well, I don't think I'm uncommon in that I've journaled a long time. Um, and I have a box of journals in my closet. Know, <laughs> I've talked to a lot of people that have that as well. And I, those are my people. <laughs> but... Um, I have learned what is helpful for me and what is not through the years of this. And I thought of a few things. I thought maybe it would be helpful to someone else. And you do not have to be a journaler to um, apply these things. That's mm. what I love. I think there's some helpful guidelines for me. Um, I learned that it is not helpful to have a journal that um, is is a place for your vent my venting mm-hmm. um or a place where there's no no faith but i'm mm-hmm. just fueling a complaint or i'm nursing a grudge mm-hmm. um so if i ever needed to walk through a season like that where i just needed to be honest i'll be honest i burned that journal at the end um, so that, you know, there may be times where you need to, it's kind of like a therapist in a way. Right. Um, and it, it doesn't ever, um, it just listens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> um, if you, if I needed that, I would, I did use it at one period in my life and then I did burn it. Um, and that was good too, because yeah. I knew that that was a part of healing as well. Yes. Um, but it is so not helpful in venting, but very helpful in using it to pray and hope And um, I don't think you should personally make those dishonest prayers. You know, they should be faithful and hope-filled and honest prayers. Um, But framed in a prayer rather than a complaint is a totally different thing. thing. So um, that would be one thing. And then also not helpful to recount sinful details. Mm. Um, But instead helpful to recount God's work in your trials so you know first corinthians 13 tells us not to keep a record of wrongs mm-hmm. and if you find your journal is becoming your list of wrongs mm-hmm. against a person or against a, a situation then that might be the wrong vein um, right that you're, you're taking maybe a wrong path so you can redirect that to um just Um, recounting how God is at work and, and seeing, looking for the unseen ways that he is moving and doing things. Um, And then I also think that instead of keeping a record of wrongs, how about keeping, like you said, that's so awesome about your niece, but keeping a record of Thanksgiving and keeping a list. Um, of, of ongoing things. And a lot of times when I sit down to have my quiet time, I've really been trying this summer in particular, or this recent weeks, to um, sit down with my particular journals for gratitude. And for the first five minutes of my quiet time to just sit and think about Mm. how God has been at work and what, what do I need to see that he's doing and how can I thank him? So that's a super helpful way for me to warm up even in my quiet time. That's a fabulous way. That's a great thing that we can go do that
0: tomorrow. I mean, it's an easy thing. Mm -hmm. It's not even, you don't even have to do five minutes. Just write down
1: three things that you see God doing, Mm -hmm. you know? Very, Very true. Um, so then, I, the last thing I would say is just it's not helpful to brood on the troubles of the day, um, but it is helpful when you use a journal to remember. So what you are saying about looking back and what's precious mm-hmm. in those pages is it's your story of how God is at yeah. work in your life, and um, that's something we don't often see unless we record it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think we have you know fading memories and. When you go back five years, you know, two years, even six months, and you say, oh, I have forgotten that right. this is what I was struggling with, but you brought me through this way. Absolutely. Um, and I just think it grows our faith in God and helps us see how he is at work. Um, but also then, so it helps us look back, but it also can help us look ahead and um, You know, Proverbs 31 says she can laugh at days to come. Mm -hmm. And the reason she can do that is because she trusts in God's promises. Um, And so as we live our lives, I mean, it's a fearful thing to get older. There's Mm -hmm. moments that are very insecure, but God says we can trust him and we can laugh at the future. Mm -hmm. And so to help us look ahead to the future for our... Um, prayers for our children and someday our grandchildren, um, and what a legacy of faith we leave them. You know, if at any point right. we were taken, um, there would be that box. Yep. And I think we have to ask ourselves sometimes, what What do I want to be in that box? You know, mm-hmm. what kind of person am I? Not that I'm putting anything. Uh, dishonest in it to try and look a certain way but a true reflection of what is God doing in my life Right? will my family be able to see that
0: right that's great I wonder if the Proverbs 31 woman had a a journal (laughs) Uh I bet she did you know she she probably practiced these things Hmm. of being thankful and mm-hmm. where she's at. So that's I think that's good. Question. Yeah, Erica, it has been fabulous to spend time talking with you. I could talk mm-hmm. with you no matter if we had a podcast mm-hmm. to record or not. Yes, yes. Um, I think our listeners will be really encouraged by what you've shared last week and this week and the practical ways in which you just honestly live. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for your thoughts and for really sharing your heart today. I think, you know what, we're never void of challenging situations, but it's so encouraging that we can thrive when we abide in Christ. I love the verse that you shared last week, um, and I wanted to share it again today because I think it's a really great one to end on. It's 2 Corinthians 4.18, and it says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Yeah. Well, join us next week as we listen to a talk Erica gave back in the fall of 2019 about how to use our time well. And after you've heard her talk the last two weeks, I think you know she's got some good things she can share. I think it's going to be great. And I want to thank you listeners for stopping in to our shows. I mean, it's great to have you listen. You can check out our show notes, which include today Erica's Etsy shop called Simpson Leather. Mm-hmm. So you can go on there and check out those beautiful journals that she and her family create. And we'd love to hear from you, too. So let us know what you think about our show. What are some topics that you might want to hear about in a future podcast? You can record those and make some comments on our Facebook page. Also, I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken. Because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.